this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Hi, welcome to Top Quality Faith Ministries. Wow, today... I'm talking about a subject that sometimes I have a challenge in having conversation uh, around, and that's tithes and offering, I think, but something that, you know, we all, you know, as members of the body of Christ must participate in tithes and offering, but a lot of times, you know, we make excuses. And so, as I was originally looking at the message, we're in Luke 19, And as I was looking at the message, the first thing that really popped out to me in this particular uh, passage was how Zacchaeus went out of his way to see our Lord, to really, really, you know, get him to notice him. And he was overwhelmed with excitement that he began to express, you know, how he felt in regards to our Lord Christ Jesus by offering up everything he had. And as I was looking at this message, the Lord was really talking to me about the pursuit of the kingdom because many of us pursue the kingdom in many ways, but we really don't really understand what the pursuit truly is supposed to look like. It's supposed to gradually get you to that place to where your total focus is upon Christ and Christ himself that the world no longer exists in in your eyes. You're no longer working for man, but you're working to really build forth the kingdom of God. And God is constantly adding to you and what he's adding to you, you're just pushing out into the kingdom to help to advance the kingdom even further. Hopefully you guys get what I'm saying because as I was looking at this particular scripture, rather yet, why don't I just go in and let's read the scripture so you guys can see where I'm at. Don't have a long message, but I have enough information that I hope you chew on this and you do something different with your finances and really begin to recognize the need for you to stand up in the place um, that is most needed. We're here as ambassadors for the kingdom and it's so important that we come together as servants unto our Lord and truly begin to do our part and, and do the heavy lifting. Many of us preferred, hey, I want to serve here. I want to do this. I want to do that. But it's not just about serving in these positions. It's about really being a true ambassador for the kingdom. And that meaning a resource to him in many areas. So with the hopes that each one of you really hear the word. So let's go. We're reading Luke 19 verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business, and he had become very rich. 
I, I love here is God gives you his status and he allows you to see this individual and the impact that he has made on the, the community, whether it was positive or negative, but he made an impact. But imagine the impact that he's going to make in this place of surrender. Let's go forward. Verse 3. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so he could watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. Or I must be a guest in your home today. And so the Lord began to talk to me about my pursuit of his kingdom. And, and, and it's really, what, what is it that I'm really pursuing? <laughs> when I get into trouble, oh my God, I'm like, okay, Lord, speak to me, talk to me, help me. You know, uh, gosh, I did this, I did that, I did this. And, and, and I really began to move into that place of prayer and as I'm moving into that place of prayer, I'm just looking for the answer to the situation. And I just really want, how would I say, Lord? He said it like this. He says, you're knocking down heaven's doors. Seeking freedom. Seeking freedom for the things that you feel that will advance against you negatively. He said, not realizing He said that your true freedom comes in what you do for the kingdom. He said, you spend so much time trying to overcome in the places where already overcome came for you. He said, hear what I just said. You spend so many times fighting through things instead of trusting me as you're walking through. Imagine being in that place that you're just walking in freedom, never being concerned for anything. He said, get this man. And he says, and I really want you to stop and pay attention to this gentleman. As you read forward in the scriptures, you can see that he's not liked by many. And his power and stature came from how he handled men. He said, but look at it like this. He says, I've made you fishers of men. And I've given you the keys to my kingdom. He said, but my kingdom cannot advance unless you become a true resource for the kingdom. He says, say it to you guys like this. 
He said, you want me to forgive all of your sins, right? And, and I would say, yeah, all sins, Lord. If I, if I do something or if I screw up on something, I want you ready on the spot to fix it for me. That's the way I am. I know I made a mistake. I know things don't go my way. And sometimes I know I do things that I know I know better, but I still do it. But then I, I, I sometimes need that fix-it God. And, and when I say I need that fix-it God, I need God to show up in the places where I feel like I can't show up for myself. He said, but what if I put that price on forgiveness for you? How much would you pay into it? How much would you give for your freedom? He said, really think about what I'm saying. He said, for me, I've given my life for you. And for you, scripture says 10%. He said, but many of you struggle with that. He said, when you spend way more than that pursuing other gods. He said, your investment in the kingdom is way more important than your investment in this world. He said, hear me as I speak. He said, when you're looking at this man or when you have heard about this man, he was notorious for taking more than what was rightfully due. He said, many of you are notorious for taking more from the kingdom than what is really rightfully due to you. He said, say to them this. He said, half of the debt you have is as a result of the desires that you have placed over and above me. And he says, and some of the things that you have, he said, you didn't really need them. He literally shows me like some of the stuff we have a purchase because I, 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 I'm guilty of this. You know, I'll go and buy a new outfit and that new outfit will hang up in that closet forever. I'm not even that type of person that when I buy something, and if it don't fit, I'm not a person that will go back to the store and, you know, take it back to the store and get my resources back. I'm just like, oh, well, you know, uh, I bought the wrong thing. You know, I thought it was my size. And I'll lay it over to the side with the hopes that, you know, one day maybe I can fit it or maybe I'm not, okay? But it is resource that I have given that 
God could have used to advance his kingdom. And that's what he's literally talking about, the things that we readily believe that we need. You know, I know light, gas, telephone bill, and all these other things we need. But some things we make investments in, and these investments becomes greater than us. It becomes things, how would I say it, Lord? It becomes a place where you considered yourself, this is the status I have to have within the world. And God says, we don't need status in the world. We need status in the kingdom. We're always ready, always in that place to where we should be storing up material blessings within the kingdom. You know, not in the world. Let me stop to go back to the scripture because I really want you to see this gentleman because what the Lord showed me with this gentleman is true salvation. So Luke chapter 19 verse 6 Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the crowds were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have overcharged people on your taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded. Let me stop you right there. He gave half of everything that he owned to become a, do you really he, he listen to what he saying? He said, I'll give all of this. Can you read that part again of what he says he, he would give? Verse eight. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And I, if I have overcharged people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And what he's literally saying here is that Anything that, uh, have, whatever he had as far as his possession, he was willing to give them away for the kingdom. Do you get it? And, 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 and the Lord was literally saying to me, you're always pursuing me for the things that you fall short in. And then he went on to say, but how much do you really do for me? Would you climb that tree to pursue me? He said, have you ever said no to something and turned around and gave what you would have purchased for that one thing to my house? He's literally asking you to really reassess how you manage your resources. And he says, and if salvation has truly come to you, then you're going to manage your resources in a way that kingdom is first.
And when I say kingdom is first, you don't break off a piece and you take care of everything else. And then you give him your scraps. He should be the first one that you give to. If you really understand Zacchaeus, he's literally saying half. And, and we know that this man was very wealthy. And, and the words that the Lord says, he says true salvation has come to his man's house. And so he wanted to dine with someone, wow, who really, really sought to really invest in, in him. And many of us don't really truly invest in our Lord. We want our Lord to invest in us, but there's no exchange. Wow. And, and, and God does, in fact, invest in us. Many of you have got promotions, homes, cars, and all of this, and then you're still breaking out the most smallest piece, and you're saying, I have salvation. But you can clearly see in your life that your resources are more important than your Lord. Because if he gets the bare minimum, then he's not first in your life. If he's even thought of, it's a miracle. Get what, you, get what he's trying to get you to actually see. You know, I truly say I invest in the kingdom. <laughs> and, and, and when I say I invest in the kingdom, you know, I'm going to look at what I have that I need to give to him. And, and if at any point of time I find myself in that position to whereby I'm, I'm looking to see, do I get this or do I pay this? I always choose him over anything else. I even look at my offering last month. I was like, okay, uh, as I was looking to pay my offerings as well as my tithes, I began to really stop for a moment. And I had a thought in my mind, which we all have thoughts. And I was like, do I do this or do I do this? And then I just said to myself, I'm going to do what's right. This is what I'm supposed to do. And if the other things exist, it exists. If they don't exist, it doesn't matter. And that's the attitude that Zacchaeus had. The other things did not exist. Kingdom was most important to him. And how would I say it, Lord, in a way that they can get this message? He said, look at how you measure salvation. He said, what value have you placed on it? And then he says, and as you begin to examine how much value you give to it, I want you to give value to the things that you readily put your resources into. <laughs> you know, I know we have to have a roof over our head. I know we have things that goes with it, but some of the things that we do do, we gotta begin to look at. 
How many pair of tennis shoes can you wear at the same time? How many shirts do you, can you put on at once? And, and when you look at how many shirts can you put on at once, what season are you in? Because I think if you live in the state of California or some of the hotter states, you're lucky if you wear a shirt. And so God is literally asking you to really look at how you are valuing the kingdom or better yet, how you devalue the kingdom. And the way we devalue the kingdom is we make him less. So imagine if the Lord turned around and said, ah, you want that job? Nah, today I'm going to make you last. No, you want that car? No, you need to be last. I'm going to give unto you the way you give unto me. Would you be wealthy? Would you even, would you even have any resource? Many of us will say no. Because we haven't done our part. I love how sometimes we look at others and say, well, what makes them so prosperous? They place kingdom first. If you really truly examine those who are really prosperous, I guarantee that they're placing kingdom first. The rest of us are wannabes. We want to be in that place, but we're not willing to do the work. We're not willing to go forward. Top quality have made it easy for people to give their tithes and offering. We say it in every single message. And we offer many ways. At one point in time, we just had one way. But we offer many ways in which you have the ability to give your tithes and offering. I'm not asking for money. But Christ is asking you to do your part. I think if anybody knows me, this is a message that I would tell you, I ain't teaching that. If they don't know what they're supposed to do, nah, that ain't my job to teach them that. But I know it is my job. And this is not something I plan, okay? I think I stumbled on this particular message. And as I stumbled on it, I said, oh my God, you're talking about what I'm putting in front of you. You're talking about how I see. I'm always asking for something. But it's the exchange right, okay? Imagine you're going in and you're exchanging the works that you do in the kingdom for revenue. How much would that equate? Wow, is it 50 cents? Is it $50? Is it 200 or whatever the case may be? Really, truly look at what the Lord is saying today with the hopes of re-examining how you see kingdom and really begin to operate as someone that is saved and truly understands what salvation is all about. It's not about us. It's about helping to advance the kingdom. Let's go a little bit more and look at this message. Luke 19, verse 9. Jesus responded. Oh, I got that too. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just heard say something else. He just showed me. <laughs> sorry, you guys. I'll get there, but he just laid it right in front of me like, you see this? <laughs> Verse 9. 
Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a son of Abraham. And I, the son of man, have come to seek and save those like him who are lost. Did you get that? He comes to seek and save those like him who are lost. These are individuals who are willing to really truly understand what salvation is. It's understanding truly what salvation is. When you really understand, you're forgiven. When you really truly understand what Christ died for, you would invest in him. Get it? Not the stock market, but in him. You're investing in him. Not your day-to-day -day stores that you go to, but in him. Wow. Let's go a little bit further. Verse 11. Uh, this is titled, Story of the Ten Servants. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, a noble man was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten servants and gave them ten pounds of silver to invest for him while he was gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say they did not want him to be their king. Let me stop you right there because I really need to stop and really touch on something that I didn't touch on. And as I went back and I looked at the kingdom, Zacchaeus demonstrated that he was a true heir of the kingdom, meaning that he was truly, truly a daughter or a son of God. And, and, and he took it all the way back to Abraham, if you guys really begin to look at that. And Many of us say that we're sons and daughters of the kingdom. He said, but your actions doesn't equate that. He said, you have other fathers. Wow. In addition to me. He said, you must hear me. You have other fathers in addition to me. And these fathers is who you pay worship to. He said, these are the ones you contribute constantly to. But yet you say that I am your father. And, and I am the only one in whom you worship. And he says, and this is not true. He said, examine your heart. Examine your ways. Make straight your path. And he says, and walk with me, 
He said, not ahead of me, not behind me, but with me. By really hearing this word. I know I was getting ready to go into the other part of the message, but I don't think I'm supposed to go there. So give me a second. I just need to look one more time and see if I missed something. Wow. He just reminds me also is to mend our former ways. When we came into the kingdom, God made everything clear and new for us. It was like a fresh start. He tore down the shrines and all the things that was in our way that would hinder us. And as he began to say this to me, he says, I cleared out every one of your storehouses and I begin to erect the things in which I have designed for you to have. And so he just reminds me how he went into the temple when he began to clean everything out and the Lord shows me like he went into our temple and he cleared everything out. But then he says, even though I cleared everything out for you, he said, you went back and you begin to build in the areas in which I tore down. Did you guys get that? We went back and started building in the things. And remember in the areas where he tore down, when we first became saved, all of us in that, oh my God, I want you. And we just began to just love on Christ and love salvation. And we did everything. And then after a while, because it came a little bit difficult before us, and we recognized that we had to work and we thought he was going to do all the work for us. We was like, wait a minute, I need to build this up because this is a place of protection. This is a place of comfort. I need to have this back in my life. And we began to build these things back. And as we begin to build these things up in our life, it began to diminish the salvation that we had when we first received Christ. He said, you got to get this. He said, you got to understand what I'm saying. He said, true salvation. There's scriptures where there's, because I got Bible man in here, he can help me in two seconds. There's a scripture that literally talks about this one man come to Jesus and he began to talk to Jesus about all the great things he has done. And God in return tells him to go and sell all that he had and come and follow him. And the gentleman chose not to do so because he had such great wealth. And many of us have so great things that we pick and choose what we're going to follow Christ in. I was looking for you to tell me which scripture that is. And uh, with that, we're always picking and choosing what we're going to follow in. 
God tells us to do one thing and we say, okay, maybe we didn't hear God. True salvation means that you're open, you're ready, and you're willing to do whatever God requires of you. I think if you guys really realize what he's saying to you, if you say no in one area, you're going to say no in many other areas. And so in return, you're really considered to be compromised. Hopefully you guys get it. Can you say it loud? Uh, it's, it's, since you're in Luke, just you can go to Luke 18, start with verse 18. That's the rich young ruler passage. Okay. Not necessarily looking to go there, but I just want to make sure that you guys got that particular part of the scripture. Yes. Say that louder. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the account. It's, so it's in the Synoptic Gospel. It's not in John's. Perfect. Wow. I'm sorry I'm stopping and going forward because I'm trying to make sure I cover everything as I look at the scriptures to ensure that, I, that anything that I missed, I can make sure that I say. And so as we move forward, I think I do need to go forward. And it correlates because it literally talks about a parable of a faithful, um, faithful, productive saint, <laughs> okay? And so let's see what a productive saint looks like. Verse 11 of Luke 19, the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would be would begin right away. He said a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten servants and gave them ten pounds of silver to invest for him while he was gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say they did not want him to be their king. When he returned, the king called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what they had done with the money and what their profits were. The first servant reported a tremendous gain, 10 times as much as the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a trustworthy servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, so you will be governor over ten cities as your reward. The next servant also reported a good gain, five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You can, you can be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, I hid it and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. 
hard am I? If you knew so much about me and how tough I am, why didn't you deposit the money in the bank so I could at least get some interest on it? Then, turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who earned the most. But master, they said, that servant has enough already. Yes, the king replied, but to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. For from those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. And now, about these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in my presence. Let me stop you right there. He said, it's so important that you grasp this parable. He said, this is about individuals who have been trusted with the kingdom. And he says, and the resources with these individuals doesn't necessarily look the same. He said, many of you measure your wealth according to those that are within your space. He says, I have so much to offer for those who will willingly, truly follow after me. He said, their resources will be unlimited. because of their focus in the kingdom. And those who have not a desire truly for the kingdom, he said, does not even, even invest in the kingdom. He even shows me, like the last portion of this particular parable, this individual didn't know what to do, and so what did they do? <laughs> buried it. And many of us have buried <laughs> our salvation. He says, say it like this. He said, many of you have buried the wisdom in which I have given you concerning the kingdom. And he says, and the only time you look to basically utilize it is when it's for your own benefit. And he says, my house is not a house of thieves. Amen. It's a place that others come in and they find peace and rest for their souls. goes on again and asks me to ask you to look where your investments are. 
and he literally asked today that you change your ways and truly take on Christ and pick up your cross and truly follow after him. And in this message, again, I always say that this is not one of them simple ones that I would say, ah, and I'm joking and laughing throughout of it. This one is very serious to me because I, I really hear what he's saying to us. You know, I sit back and I crack up laughing because one part I can truly say, top quality have faith has big ideas, big dreams for a house. But all of us don't really contribute in the way in which we need to contribute in order to attain this big desire for the things in which we want. You know, <laughs> I think we have the desire for this great big old place to worship. But when it comes to us really participating, some of us have a dollhouse and you can't worship in a dollhouse. And so if your revenue look like you have given to, to something as a dollhouse, there's no lights and gas that pays for a dollhouse, okay? I wanna make sure that you understand. It's, it's, it's plastic. And so what God is trying to get us to understand that we're gonna to have to do something different in order to truly, truly become sons and daughters of him. Amen. I know, may not even look at this. You probably get it and say, oh, they talking about ties and offers. Skip, let's go to the next service message. <laughs> you probably even turn around and decide, I wanna clean up my house on this particular day. But I pray that you have heard this message and you do what's right by God and you follow him and truly, truly embrace your salvation by embracing every aspect of him. If you heard this message today, I pray that you repent because I know I need to. And so even now, I'd lead you as well as myself in a place of repentance because I know I could do much more for the kingdom. And I know that there's sometimes there's limitations in me and Lord, I repent even right now for the limitations I have put on you but uh, when it comes to my finances. But my expectations for you to overflow in every area of my life has been so great. Lord, let me from this day forward reciprocate in every fashion of my life by giving exceedingly into your house. Let me be a resource and a lifeline to others that they may see what you are doing in my life and truly, truly embrace their salvation as I choose to embrace salvation today. For those of you who have heard this message, being that new believer, maybe it's your first time basically listening to top quality faith ministries. I'm not asking for money from you. I'm not asking you to even give tithes and offering, but I'm asking you to embrace salvation. And wherever you need to give your tithes and offering, that you do it so. If this is the house that you choose to do it in, so, uh, in I, I, I thank you for that. And I just ask that your offering be blessed 
in Christ Jesus' name. But I'll listen to the Holy Spirit even now to close this out the right way. <laughs> I love how he takes me back to Zacchaeus and remember he tells Zacchaeus, come down off that tree. I'm coming into your house today to dine with you. And the Lord says to you, if you heard my message today, I desire to dine with you. Will you accept the invitation I have called forth this day for you? And for that new believer, I welcome you to accept that invitation by off asking the simple thing, Lord, come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior, be my God. Show me truly what salvation is all about and help me to invest in you as you invest in me, Lord. This I ask in Christ Jesus' name. And if any of you who are top quality faith ministries need prayer, help to be able to move in the areas of tithes and offering, we're here to pray for you. The line is open. We're always here every Sunday to assist in any prayer that you may need. I pray that God keep you and God continues to bless you over and over. But most of all, I pray that you have heard this word in Christ Jesus' name and you do your part and you embrace salvation fully. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.